Welcome to the Pushing Buttons Podcast, the weekly podcast where we talk about opinions, ideas, experiences, and concepts in video games. My name is Kevin. I'm Robert. And I'm Kyle. And thank you for joining us. And we're just going to start talking about video games. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happens when you don't plan things. That's, that's what we're here for, right? That is what we're that's, here for. That's why I'm saying after work. We are so a little behind the scenes. We stay after work on Fridays of all days, <laughs> the day that most people want to just go straight home and start playing video games or get into their families or do whatever else they do but video games. And we stay here and talk to you all because we love it and we love you. Mm-hmm. Thanks Indeed. for being there for us. Yeah. Well, since last Friday, what have you guys been up to? Uh, well, uh, let's see. I finished Gears of War 4 the other day. Cool. Finally, um, start judgment yet? No, I beat judgment. Was that before four? Yeah, I need to learn. I need yeah. to get learned it's on one, two, three, judgment, and then four. Judgment yeah. is the prequel. Yeah, I hate uh, when games do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> yeah, that game is gorgeous. Definitely doesn't live up to the standards of the first trilogy, in my opinion. Mm. But I had a lot of fun playing it. Um, and then I was trying to figure out what my next game was going to be, and I got it down to two. Is either going to be the Tomb Raider reboot or The Witcher 3, and I went with The Witcher oh. because I've started it like two or three times. I was going to say, can we take a vote between me and Kyle, but we would have still been 50-50 on it. <laughs> Probably, yeah. But I'm, it's like the third time I'm starting it, but I'm going <clears> to <throat> make myself actually go through it this time. And it's, I never stopped it because I was... And doing Witcher 3, right? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Not the whole franchise. No, just okay. a third one. And I never stopped playing it because I didn't like it. It was always because something else came out. But gotcha. yeah. this time, I think I'm going to try to power through it and really play all of it. It's, and it's gorgeous playing it on my 4K TV now. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It's I a, still want to see a photo of your room with that. I keep forgetting to do that. You mentioned that last week, and <laughs> I, I was going to do it over the weekend. How much TV do you have in your room? Sixty-five in your bedroom. Yeah. Damn! Holy crap! I have a sixty-five inch in my living room. Yeah, it's I, amazing. Wow. <laughs> I'll try to do that. Tonight. How do you sleep at night? <laughs> I, say, I don't even think my probably well, the TV off. How do I sleep at night? Yeah, because you probably see when your, I'm trying to sleep. You probably see yourself in the reflection <laughs> of the TV. <laughs> Well, that's it's, how you know, I sleep at night is with a picture of Robert where a TV would go in my bedroom. I thought it was on the ceiling right above you. That's where a TV would go in my bedroom. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> yeah. Except I don't I don't ever want a TV in my bedroom because I wouldn't ever sleep. I get hooked on stuff. I get hooked on TV. I have a very yeah. addictive personality. Because yeah. I, I would, on TV shows I would play until late. And if I had it in the bedroom and just turn off the TV and go to bed, mm-hmm. I would not sleep all. Yeah. Just like I do right now anyway. Yeah. I used to have to have a TV in my bedroom whenever I was living in the in apartments because mm-hmm. it was my getaway from roommates and stuff. And I've had some really good mm-hmm. roommates, but I've had some really bad roommates as well. So I needed to get away. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then I do want to say I started watching Castle Rock on Hulu. My uh, fiance started watching that last Did night. she? Yeah. She watched the first episode. What'd she think? Uh, she said it's good so far. Nice. That's all she said. Are, are you planning on watching it anytime? I don't know. I don't know if I will. I'm not into Stephen King. I know mm-hmm. that's like saying I'm not into eating bread, but it's <laughs> <laughs> each their own. Yeah. Uh, it is a really well done show. They dropped the first three episodes, and I watched all of them. And I'm a huge Stephen King fan, and it's <clears throat> it's cool how they're incorporating all the stuff from that all of his done, books yeah. instead of just being an adaptation. It's a unique thing. It's a Stephen King verse. Yeah, 
And that's really good so far, so I wanted to... What did I call it? Steven Universe. That's what you said, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's about all I did last week. Fun. Nothing new with me. Just, you know, checking out WoW content as it comes out. Uh, Did they fix that... Sorry to interrupt. Did they fix that uh, full screen thing? No, that's the main feature of the new expansion. So it's, like, permanent. Oh, it's a feature. Yeah. Hmm. It's not an accidental bug. No. Accidental. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, the new quest content came out leading up to the new expansion. Kind of underwhelming, not really engaging. More the same. Nothing new there. Uh, I've been more excited about seeing the new Hearthstone cards coming out Ah. next month. Do they try to release Hearthstone content around the same time as main WoW content? No. Okay. They have announcements pretty close, like, you know, BlizzCon. Well, yeah. But uh, even then, it's only for the one expansion, not for all three throughout the year. Okay. Uh, But the new set's looking pretty good. I'm really excited about it, because one of the main features is bringing the mech card type back, which was, like, not, not, you know, something not seen since the second expansion Goblins versus Gnomes way back in like 2014. That game's that. That old. name sounds yeah. awesome. Goblins, Goblins versus gnomes. gnomes. It was a good expansion. Like it had it introduced a lot of RNG to the game, which people didn't like. But personally, it. it was more flavorful and fun to experience that RNG in the game. Whereas I, now it's just kind of like, you know, infuriating when it goes the bad way. I like RNG in single player games. I don't care for RNG in competitive games and when you're playing yeah. against other people and somebody lucks into a good hand that, that sucks mm-hmm. but I don't have the experience with that but that's really all I did just looking at all the new reveals as they've been coming out throughout the week and cool. playing WoW here and there oh and I did check out the new hero in Overwatch Okay. Uh, I think his name is Hammond he's like the hamster character I get it I've in, been seeing uh, some about Ball. that yeah he's pretty cool uh, I played a few matches because I'm not really fond of Overwatch anymore. But it's a Blizzard game, so you have to at least play it, right? <laughs> I mean, when the new characters come out, I play a couple games, and I kind of lose interest quick. Because it's cool. not enough to pull me back in. Yeah. Just to get a little taste, and yeah, you're good. And, uh, you know, it's been a long time since I was played it, so I kind of checked out the new changes they made to certain characters. And, uh, I don't know, it's it's still not a game I want to play every day like other ones. Hearthstone. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it was pretty cool. Like, he's a pretty decent character for a tank. Because he'll have a move where uh, he'll launch a grappling hook on a wall. And then you can, like, spin around in the air <laughs> in a hamster ball hitting everybody. Oh, that's nice. cool. Okay, that's that's pretty neat. I like and that. Uh, his ultimate ability is to drop, like, a whole bunch of mines, like a minefield. Huh. To, like, protect an area from being, like, uh, uh, traversed through. So he's got a good area of effect like defense he's not like a lot of the other tank characters in the game where it's about protecting your teammates right he's more of a damage dealer which is weird for a tank yeah it's kind of a weird classification for his character but it works it's fun to play sounds interesting yeah do either of you guys remember the hamster dance song in the early 2000s hamster dance I think you need to demonstrate it for us oh no 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 (laughs) it's a (laughs) at some point is a I remember it from a movie called Sea Spa Run but uh, it's it's like this little techno song, and it's from one of those bands that was like like animated characters, kind of like gorillas. Mm. So it was like an act. 
supposed to be like coming from this character. Gotcha. And it's called the Hamster Dance Song. And when I first saw that hamster in Overwatch, I immediately thought of that song. <laughs> I'm and ready it is to down to my phone. So you I need to look it up. Look it up later. It's it is fantastic. <laughs> but Ham- it's my little uh, not mamster. <laughs> Would you like get up on top of the coffee table and pretend to do it when you were a kid? Or oh, absolutely, yeah, that was my jam. I was like that with NSYNC and Bye Bye Bye. <laughs> I could see that. I still kind of and am. Backstreet Boys. You know, Backstreet's back. Backstreet's back. All right. right. Yeah. yeah, you know, rattle, larger rattle, than rattle. life. I can't think <laughs> of any other Backstreet Boys songs. I want it that way. This- Done. This is turning into a whole different podcast, but yeah, my, my, when I was a kid, my cousin had the NC and Backstreet Boys, and I would borrow her CDs and listen nice. to them because that was all I had. And I, as far as I know, I'm the only one who loved Eiffel 65's Blue. High five oh, me, bro. We're high fiving. That was a, a horrible attempt. You guys didn't get to hear the first attempt because they missed completely. They didn't need to know that, Kevin. <laughs> I think they did because I enjoyed it. Me, Kevin, blue uh, with laughter. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. Missing high fives is a big pet peeve of mine. <laughs> I, I still need to talk about my week. I didn't do a whole lot gaming-wise. I, I remember last week I was talking about that show Travelers on Netflix and mm-hmm. how I wasn't going to binge it. I binged watched the entire second season in one day. Dang. Well, Kyle and I went out and had a few drinks with a buddy of ours. Shout out to Tyler. Uh, Friday after recording last week's podcast... Saturday, my old body was having a hard time keeping up <laughs> after what I did on Friday. So Saturday, all day, all I did was just watch Netflix. Mm. It was it was a magnificent day. The show's not that Sounds good, like but it. it was worth watching, especially when you're in that state and you kind of just uh-huh. want to relax and do nothing and eat junk food. Yeah. Nice. And there was something else that I did, but I don't remember what I was going to talk about. Mm. No Man's Sky, I think you were going to... I was going to get there. Yeah. There was something else in between. Oh, yeah. Tommaso Ciampa's the new NXT champion. (laughs) I was going to talk about that. Of course. That that was exciting. NXT is always exciting, and I'm looking forward to TakeOver and SummerSlam weekend, but that's another podcast for another time. (laughs) Um, I did start playing No Man's Sky again after the next update. Uh, I got to say, it's it's a fun game now. (laughs) if you know what you're getting into when you're playing the game, mm-hmm. it's exactly what it is, what you thought it was going to be when it first came out. It, this is the what they should have released it at. This is 1.0 for No mm-hmm. Man's Sky, in my opinion. Nice. And it is fun. I got it on PC this time, even though I already have it on PS4 because my fiance wanted it when it came out. Mm-hmm. But I got it on PC now, and I'm having a much better time controlling it with mouse and keyboard than I ever was with a controller. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I started messing around with creative mode last night, and I gotta nice. say, there's a lot you can do in that. It, like, it is unlimited. <clears throat> it's great. I haven't played the update yet, but it, seeing all the the buzz about it on social media and gaming sites and stuff, it makes me really happy that people are coming around to it again. And right. that, uh, they had over uh, uh, forty thousand concurrent players on Steam the day that the, I saw the patch that. was out. Yeah, that's crazy. That makes me really happy as someone who loved it at the beginning when it, there wasn't much to it. Right. And, Makes me During really happy that, test. Yeah, yeah. yeah, basically. <laughs> that was an alpha, it's, pre-alpha. I love that Sean That's Murray great. and... Oh, sorry, is it Hello Game? Yeah, he's and so they, self-aware. Yeah. It's great. And that they took everything in stride. Uh-huh. They buckled down and made sure to keep putting out updates and yeah. get the best product out there. And it's, it's awesome. I 
all the credit in the world, at least for what the game is now, and Sean Murray and Hello Games in general, their outlook on what happened with the game and them just powering through and doing what they need to do to get the game to where the players are happy with it. And it, It's a fun game. If you know what the game is and don't expect it to be a game that makes you not have to play any other game ever, <laughs> if you know that it's not that and it's a sandbox game, or it's a Precisely. survival game, or it's however you want to play within the confines of it. If you know what you're getting into, it's a it's a good game. It's well done. Mm-hmm. Do you think I'd actually enjoy it this time around? If you like any kind of survival game or any kind of uh, creation sandbox game, yes. If not, no. Definitely no. Then no. <laughs> it's, I would say that's one of my biggest pet peeves in gaming <laughs> are these survival resource management type games. So I does not appeal to me at all. I don't think that classifies it for me as a pet peeve. I hate how many of them are coming out because mm-hmm. especially two there years ago, yeah. it was like mm-hmm. two or three years ago, they were a trend, and mm-hmm. it was like you had the forest, you had yeah. uh, the original <laughs> incarnation of H one Z one. I think before it was a zombie, but it was a zombie survival game before it was a battle royale game. Just all those games coming out at the same time that were clones of each other. That sucked. Yeah, I mean, I, I tried playing Don't Starve, and I just could not get into it for the life of me. Don't Starve is so much different. It's, I'm not going to say it's better because it's just different. It's hard to compare the two. Mm-hmm. I like Clay as a developer, and I like the art style, and it got me more into Don't Starve than, say, The Forest. Mm-hmm. I never played that game. I don't like the survival games either. Mm-hmm. To me, this is a 3D Starbound now. No Man's Sky is, and I love oh, Starbound. I which Starbound was sci-fi Terraria, which Terraria was a 2D Minecraft, so it's kind of just come full circle. <laughs> this is Minecraft without the the kid-looking uh, graphic style to it and in a setting that I like. Yeah, I would say that because I've never cared for those survival-type games either, and this one, it's def- there are elements of that where you have to have you know your stuff for your jetpack and Mm -hmm. your health and all that but it's not as intensive i guess the word would be as those other ones and that's why i enjoy because i would never play those because that just sounds so draining to me just constantly trying to find food and whatnot and all that so to me i wouldn't classify it as that i mean if you don't care for those games at all basically yeah i i don't view it as such it's a game that doesn't have so much of a linear story is it just gives you a sandbox to play mm-hmm. whatever you want in an open setting. And it's fun. Um, I still haven't tried out the multiplayer. I'd like to at some point, but mm-hmm. like I've said in previous episodes, that I don't like multiplayer with people that I don't know. And nobody else has it that I know on PC. So I think if we all had it, we would we'd get you to have fun. Kyle. I think you would have fun <laughs> yeah. with it with us all three playing, Kyle. Mm-hmm. That'd be a challenge to you, boys. <laughs> when I opened up No Man's Sky, though, the first thing I notice is it loads you right into the game without you being able to go into the options menu. One of my biggest pet peeves in gaming. And that's where we're going to kick off this week's topic of nice. talking about our pet peeves in video games. Because we haven't been negative enough in this podcast. <laughs> Got to get some of that negativity out because I can get fired up, man. <laughs> when you're playing a PC game. And it's starting to take forever to load, and you want to be able to turn down those graphic options or be able to adjust your control so you know what you're getting into before you jump right into the game, especially a survival game. If you can't access that options menu before you start playing the game, 
it's the most infuriating thing because oh, it took yeah. like twice as the twice the amount of time to load because I don't care about graphics in games. I turn off the anti aliasing, I turn off V sync, I turn off uh, the triple buffering, all that kind of crap. I don't need any of that in my games. I want it to load fast and run fast. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it took like it seriously took. I think it was seven and a half minutes for me to load into the game from hitting play. Jeez. And then I was able, after it started telling, the tutorial credits started popping up everywhere, then I was able to go into the options menu and turn the graphics down just to restart it and have it load for another five minutes before mm. I get back into the game and start playing. Wow. Annoying. Yep. Big pet peeve. Get me too. There are a lot of PC games that do that, and you oh, need yeah. to be able to access option menus. Mm. I think game. Assassin's Creed Origins did that too. On the PC version, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, uh, you had to go through that entire prologue in uh, Siwa mm-hmm. before you could access the main menu from the game. Booty get out, and uh, it was a bit of a slog to get through. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that's why it took me so long to get into it at first because I was like, oh, I gotta watch all these cutscenes, and I don't want to spend an hour. You know, just when I boot up the game, mm-hmm. just to access, like, the basic gameplay. Mm-hmm. That game, right at the beginning, throws you into that fight with the dude right at the very beginning, and mm-hmm. it's giving you the combat tutorial. Yep. And it gave me controls. I was playing on PS4. Mm-hmm. It gave me controls that I'm not used to in yeah. a character action game with using R1 and R2 as your light and heavy attacks. I'm used to using square and triangle. And it wasn't until after that first fight that I could change my... Yeah. controls around mm-hmm. and then when I finally got to it I already missed the tutorial with those new controls so I had to relearn the controls on my <laughs> own anyway so yep. mm-hmm. fire it up <laughs> nice I would say uh, in line with that pet peeve uh, games or tutorials that are forced upon you we've already kind of dabbled into that with the uh, mm. you know like Mario and Zelda uh, from the other week but uh, the things I find really annoying in gaming when you're first learning how to play it is uh, it refers you to a controller map for the tutorial. I just close that window right away. That does not help me learn the game at all. I have to actually move my hands to yeah, if, get if a feel for it. Just see what the buttons do. It gives me mm-hmm. no context like yeah. how it's going to feel. Yeah, you don't know what... Uh, a powered attack is versus a mega attack. Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, you don't know what they are within the context of the game until extremely, you play the game. Extremely vague. There are a lot of games that do that. Oh, man, too many. Like, open world especially. Yeah. Like, a lot of them will just have the... Like, I remember Just Cause 2 had the controller map. Oh, God. And uh, I was just like, this is useless. I need to be able to play the game to feel how yeah. the character moves in the game. See, and the funny thing is with me being the old person that I am, that's, I guess, the recurring joke <laughs> in my life is that I'm old. Um, when I learn controls m- by myself, my own way, I miss out on a bunch of different things that I didn't know I could do until later on in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I've had instances of the, that, yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I could think of some examples, but my old, old brain won't let me think of any. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate when I forget. <laughs> yeah. And then I have to go into the options and look at the, the map to figure, oh, that's how you do it. Damn it. You know what else Assassin's Creed is really bad at? When you're following a character and you're following them along, Gears of War does this, mm-hmm. all, every game where you're having an escort mission or you have to listen to dialogue while walking, the Yippee! character that you're following has a different 
speed of walking yeah. than the player. Mm-hmm. If you walk, you're going too slow. If you run, you're going too fast, and you can't catch. Why can't they just program that person that you're following <laughs> to have the same speed as the player at full speed mm-hmm. so they or don't have to guess? To match your movements. Well, even then, yeah, some kind of rubber banding of some kind would be mm-hmm. nice. But, yeah, even just have them go at the player's full speed so they don't have to guess if the player has the thumbstick halfway or all the way. Mm-hmm. And just time the dialogue to be from point A to point B to take place in between those. You know, about those scripted events, like when you're interacting with a character and you're moving to a quest destination and they're given this exposition, I just find myself always trying to match their pace. Uh-huh. And I completely... and then they slow down and then they speed up and then they slow down because <laughs> right. they're trying to rubber yeah. band to you. But I, I never pay attention to what they're saying because I'm too focused <laughs> on matching <laughs> their speed. Yeah. And I miss everything they're saying. It doesn't sink in. It's a good thing about Assassin's Creed that the stories have always sucked, so you don't need to know. <laughs> I, say, I feel like in Origins, though, they had it where if you started running, they would be running after you, though. Yeah, for me, it was delayed just enough to their mm-hmm. where their dialogue was so quiet. Like, they were catching up, and then they'd get mm-hmm. way ahead. The dialogue was so quiet, so I had to keep reading it, and by that point, I couldn't keep track of, like Kyle was saying, <laughs> my speed compared to their speed. <laughs> it's it's a mini game. Like for It's like for, one of those stupid hacking mini-games. Like, for an open-world game, it's trying to get you immersed in the game. Right. That just takes me completely out of it. <laughs> it's like it's I'm playing horrible. a game, and yeah. when you're walking with somebody in real life, you tend to walk at the same pace yeah. if you're having a conversation. You would think mm-hmm. that something so basic in uh-huh. social interaction and this is happening. would be easily emulated in a game. This, is, this has been happening in games since the dawn of third-person mm-hmm. – er, yeah, yeah. uh, th- sorry, 3D, 3D games. Yeah. It's something that seems like it should be such an easy fix. Like Same. for uh, Gears, like he's always talking to himself on the headset. Oh my god, I have that. I, Robert was just gonna say it. And I, I was, was gonna, gonna say that's yeah. how that's how they circumvented that was everyone slowed yeah. down when I, you were doing that. That was the next one that I was gonna talk about is when you're talking to somebody on a comm, particularly mm-hmm. in Gears of War, but a lot of other games have followed suit, and you have to slow down while you're going through that, and then you can start running as mm-hmm. soon as it's over. It's just. Either have it as a cutscene or just let me walk and listen. Really? Yeah. Like, play and listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. It's obnoxious. Well, sticking with Gears of War, when I was playing 4, uh, something that made me think of my pet peeves was, um, you know how like they have the horde mode? Yeah. Whatever, in the... I think it was called something different in 4. Either way, I never played those modes. Any kind of wave-based combat or anything like that just isn't for me they're fun for a minute for me yeah Yeah, that's about it and what they did in four is they actually incorporated moments of that into the main game the campaign really yeah and uh that's kind of what turned me off to crackdown too probably similar it wasn't the same but it was similar right but they like you had this box called the fabricator and you had it in like your area you're protecting and you can uh build like fortifications mini guns and all that stuff from it and then you you have like a minute and a half to set up you know your guns or whatever and then the wave starts and they put that in the campaign and i think four or five different spots and that is something that's a huge pet peeve for me because i don't care about that at all Mm -hmm. i hate being in one situation for too long like i want to kill the enemies move on continue with the story have forward motion that's what gears one was all about Mm mm-hmm so. And, yeah, it's, it's a good game, but that just bugged me a lot because I hate just standing in one spot facing waves and waves of mm-hmm. enemies. 
Like, uh, you probably would hate every single turret segment in a game then. Oh my god, those forced turret it's, segments are yeah. the worst. Yeah. Yeah. It depends, but... I mean, they yeah. can be fun when it's, mowing down enemies, but yeah. when, when it's, a lot, you know, 10, 15 minutes and it's you're still in the same place, yeah. For me, it's yeah. kind of forgivable when you're playing one of those segments and you're able to rip the turret from its base and walk around with it, mm-hmm. even if it's at a slowed down pace. I think Horizon Zero Dawn was the last mm-hmm. one that I played that you could do stuff like that. <clears throat> I think I Halo it, games, it the later a, ones you could do that too. Yeah, it wasn't a turret so much when with the Horizon, it was just a big gun that you'd shoot off of a... Uh, off of an enemy, yeah. But you'd still walk around with it rather than being planted there. So if you needed to mm-hmm. roll, you could drop it and roll pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, I remember a lot of those uh, games in particular. They have certain kind of missions as well. Uh, for me, a big pet peeve of mine is any sort of escort mission. I'll delete that from my list. <laughs> I, I figure that's on every gamer's <laughs> list. Yeah. So I think it's a good time to bring it up now. Uh, basically, along with the walk speed thing, when you're mm-hmm. listening to those scripted events, mm-hmm. escort missions in general, when you're having to control a character and guide them with such bad AI <laughs> that you're having to constantly redo it. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're being attacked. Yeah. That's and you're a... supposed to keep them alive. Right. Yeah, I hate that. It's like... I, I want to worry about myself. Mm-hmm. Let me worry about myself. <laughs> and it's funny, too, because how I have that written down is terribly written slash scripted companions, and then in parentheses, escort missions, mm-hmm. yep. and companion walking speed not matching players. So yeah, I had yeah. that lumped together as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I have several of those. Like, uh, along with tra- uh, escort missions, there's, like, trailing, or I call them follow missions. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good example of this would be, like, any kind of Grand Theft Auto game when you're having to follow a target. Yeah, that's pretty bad, too. Uh, those drive me nuts because you can't go too close. You can't be too far away. Mm-hmm. You have to be a certain medium distance. Yeah. God, that's crazy. Black Flag, when you were in your ship and you had to trail other ships. Oh, God. That was That's bringing the back worst. some bad memories. <laughs> and that's a fantastic that game. game. But, yeah, those were... Yeah. Oh. You hated to, those. Yeah, when you have yeah. to tail people and then you got to... St- you gotta stay out of their line of sight, but you gotta stay in earshot. Uh huh. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah. You're like Assassin's, Assassin's Creed, Creed when you have to stay in that little circle. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. AC in general has always been like that, even since mm-hmm. the first one. You've had to eavesdrop on people yeah. and, and do stuff like that and be within a certain range. But when it's like in a vehicle that turns like a ship, or if it's, <laughs> it, it's just, oh, or in a, a car in GTA. Mm hmm. And especially if they have bad checkpointing and you would have to start at the beginning of the Uh mission. God, memories, yeah. Yeah. Yep. With GTA, I know we talked about this before in another episode. If you missed it, you could listen to those old episodes on CastBox or on YouTube or (laughs) iTunes or wherever. But (laughs) 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 a little cheap plug there. Um, (laughs) When uh, we talked about this specifically with uh, GTA San Andreas, those flying missions, Mm -hmm. when you had to go through the the hoops and do everything Mm -hmm. so perfectly. And, yeah, I know you don't need to do those all the time in in games. But when you have a mission that you have to do and you can't go on and you need that precise mm-hmm. movement just for that one small portion of the game and then you don't use that anywhere else, 
It's like going to high school. You learn all this stuff, and then after high school, you don't use any of that information. Yeah, yeah. a lot of drivers on the road, pretty much <laughs> everything goes out the window when it comes to the real world. Yeah. Got my license. Yeah. can yeah. forget everything else. Now. <laughs> don't need to know how to drive. Drink and drive? Hell yeah, let's go. We do not endorse drinking and driving. <laughs> Absolutely not. Podcast. That is dumb. Don't do it. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, any of those missions. There was another one that – oh, uh, fetch missions. And when they're just lazily thrown in, when mm-hmm. they don't make sense to the story, when it's just, hey, I need this thing, and you look like a capable person. Can you fetch me these three bog- boggling horns? Pretty much every <laughs> MMO quest ever, <laughs> yeah. basically. Yeah. I was specifically referencing uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild there with the boglins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, any fetch quest that doesn't pertain to the story of mm-hmm. the character you're playing in the game is just time a time sink. It's oh, so yeah. annoying. Yeah. It's trying to fill out the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's pointless. If you have an open world, just put stuff that what people would actually be interested in doing to explore your world <laughs> naturally. Yeah. You would think uh, with those types of worlds, like, a lot of these pet peeves of ours, they would be analyzed closely to try and fix players from experiencing those and yeah. making negative comments about the game. I'm thinking gaming, uh, games in general are getting better at that. Mm-hmm. And Breath of the Wild always comes to mind. I mean, there was still some pet peeves of that, like with the climbing oh. and yeah. the rain system, and you would slip. Ugh, the rain was awful. Yeah. It just grinds the game to a halt when it's raining and you yeah. can't do what you're doing. So if you get yep. sidetracked and go do something else, you're going to forget what you're trying mm-hmm. to do in the first place. That game's so big. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would think uh, developers would take more time to look into stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, implement some of those changes. I mean, another one I was going to bring up here were, like, uh, Invisible Walls. I was just Mm -hmm. trying to talk about that. Like, for me, I was playing Origins, Assassin's Creed. And then uh, I would be sailing on the sea, and if I would go too far out, i just see a giant white wall. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you cannot pass. And I'm just like, this is so dumb. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I understand why, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it just took me out of the game. The game that I think did this the best in avoiding, in an open world game, avoiding those kind of walls was Horizon Zero Dawn. Because they just made them mountains that you couldn't climb. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and within the context of the game, it, it always made sense. It wasn't just a barrier that you couldn't cross because your character didn't, like, forgot how to walk once you got to a certain point. Or, like... Uh, Battlefront or Battlefield, when you walk past a certain point, oh, you're going to die because you're outside of the zone for five seconds. Yeah. It's like, well, crap, I'm trying to get back in the zone. If I can't get back in the zone fast enough, I'm going to die. There's good and bad ways about that. I mean, I know in World of Warcraft, if you go out into the ocean too far, you'll start getting fatigued. Yeah. And that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you're going to drown or something. (laughs) Right. But in games like, uh, you know, Call of Duty or Battlefield, I always thought that was stupid how they're like, you're going AWOL, soldier. You better get the fuck back here before you, you know, piss me off. <laughs> That's what it sounded like when he was yelling at after you. you or... <laughs> I was like, really? I'm just going to leave then. <laughs> Exit out when of the faced with adversity, just, just walk away. <laughs> the, the Mad Max game did it good, too, where uh, you could drive out past the map, but it just got increasingly more like, dangerous. I guess kind of like... What you're saying, like yeah. out on the ocean where there's more storms and stuff like that, and you can keep driving, but you're gonna die. So remember how games used to do that when you would just fall in the water and you just instantly 
collapsed because your character doesn't know how to swim. <laughs> you oh, like, yeah. touch water and just like, ah! And just melt and die. <laughs> the beginning Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah. oh, GTAs, man. too. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah, a lot of games. Uh, John Marston in particular. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why have water then? If I, if I touch it, I'm going to die. I would actually prefer an invisible wall at that point, saying... My character doesn't know how to swim, back away or something, rather than just touching the water and wasted. <laughs> it would be kind of funny to see your character just be like, I can't do that. <laughs> There's probably been games that have done that, yeah. too. That'd be a of... clever way to do it, yeah. yeah. It's like when you start walking towards the edge, oh, that's stupid, I can't do that. <laughs> Force you back. We're talking a lot about open world games again. God, it's like we like them or something. Well, uh, I can kind of steered in another direction. Well, I have another one that's uh, very, very common in open world games. It's in a lot of other games as well, but like massively reused assets. Levels that are oh, identical yeah. mm-hmm. or pieces of levels that are identical that are supposed to be completely different. Mm-hmm. And my the biggest offender to me was Dragon Age 2. Oh, man. Because you just keep having to re-go to the same places <clears> over <throat> and over, even to progress the story. And that never made any sense to me. If you clear out this hut one time, why would you have to go back and clear it out from different enemies the second time? Mm-hmm. Or if it's supposed to be a totally different place, why does it look identical tile for tile from this place that I've already cleared? Yeah, I've always remembered for Dragon Age 2, it was always the same cave system. Uh-huh. And it was full of different enemies. Yeah, and, and sometimes yeah. a chest would be in a different spot or something. But <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, yeah. just a little originality. I prefer procedural generation to that. And I'm... I like procedural procedural generation to an extent, but I would much prefer handcrafted levels in, in a game Absolutely. like that. Yeah. But if you're if I had the choice between the same level over and over again or procedural generation, give me procedural generation. How many times can I say that phrase in like five seconds? Try procedural generation. I'm not going to try it anymore. <laughs> no, now I'm put on the spot. I'm not going to say it again. Uh, All right, go steer away to another. Well, uh, I was thinking more so along the lines of, like, the user interface. So I know for me a big one is subtitles. I like having subtitles in games. I do, too. Mm -hmm. I wish that was a default option. In a lot of games it is now. Well, no, I mean, Mm -hmm. I like having them on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, usually you have to go to the menu to turn them on. For me it's about 50-50. A lot of times, yeah, a lot of times... 50% 50% of the time. It does seem to be more and more common. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then maybe I'm mistaken then. Well, I mean, it's it's the thing that used to be the norm. You'd have to go in and turn them on. Yeah. It was just up until the last few years or so. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I put them on is because there are segments in games where these characters are having a dialogue and the music or mm-hmm. action scenes are way louder it's because of the terrible TV speakers, and if you don't have a sound bar or a surround sound system, you're using your terrible TV speaker like I do as well, Yeah, on my console at least, then yeah, the, the music always gets louder than the, mm-hmm. the dialogue. It happens in movies and stuff to me too. Oh, all the time, yeah. all the time. Um, Robert was... looked like he was going to say something. Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, oh, I use subtitles because you know, my daughter playing around or whatever and she'll be yelling and stuff and so i gotta put subtitles on so i can actually hear you know small text and hd gaming that's a funny one like when god of war first came out yeah it was so hard to read anything oh my goodness even though i was like eight feet away from the tv the text was so small Uh i I was sitting about i think about 10 to 12 feet away from my 65 inch tv and i had to like sit on my coffee table to play that game (laughs) you know 
I don't think I'm turning old yet, but I feel old <laughs> when I have to squint to see what the hell it's saying. Well, it's because they test those games on a like a 15-inch 1080p monitor, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah, more than likely. I would imagine. It's kind of what surprised me when I booted up The Witcher 3 last night is they actually, in the menu, and like looking at your inventory and stuff, you can click the right stick or whatever on Xbox, and it makes the item description bigger or smaller. And I've never seen that before in a game. I thought that was kind of cool to... You have the option if it's yeah if you're blind yeah <laughs> hard to see you can make it bigger. I know in God of War cool. now they patched that in because mm-hmm. there's so many complaints about it. There are a couple other along those lines that bug me um, in RPGs that don't have voice acting when mm-hmm. you can't either skip the dialogue, not skip it, but like fast. Like make it just pop up so the you can read it. Boxes, yeah. Yeah. If you can't change the speed of the text boxes or just make it appear all at once. Oh yeah. So if you have to read it all like this. it's so, so <laughs> annoying. The other thing that bugs me, and it's just because I find it funny, is <laughs> typos in subtitles. Oh, God. I hate them, but I love it too. Because <laughs> I like to point them out and be like, hey, I know how to spell that word and you don't. <laughs> it happens uh, less and less frequently anymore, but mm-hmm. it used to be a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Two Worlds was great because it was such a horrible game. The typos That's and the I've voice heard. acting. Bad voice acting is another one. I love. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I love to hate it, but uh, Two Worlds had some of the most atrocious voice acting <laughs> in an open world fully voiced mm. game. Mm. Along those lines, then one I just thought of is open world games or any game really that reuses voice actors for, for different characters. characters. And yeah. Skyrim was a big offender, even though they had a bunch more voice actors than they did from. Oblivion, there was still way too many oh, instances man. of even people looking the same, too. Fallout 3 and was a big offender. Yeah. It's there like the like same maybe, five people talking. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, it was terrible. It's I understand why they do it, because you only mm-hmm. have so much of a budget. It's mm-hmm. easier to get the same voice actors to do multiple characters. But at least try to do different voices if you're right. the same person. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Billy. My name is Frank. My name is George. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try. Try to sound like a George. <laughs> I was also thinking of uh, basically anything with unskippable cutscenes. That was my next one. Or pausing, one. not able to pause cutscenes. That is huge, especially yeah, nowadays when a game. people have to get up and tend mm-hmm. to their, their lives, you know, if something yeah. happens, like with Robert. If Sometimes my daughter oh. hits herself in the head, and I have to. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, Either I can just keep watching the game and be like, no, you're fine, sweetie. Or I can hopefully pause it and go up and get her. So. Yep. Absolutely. I, I would always get her 100%, but you get my meaning. Yeah. It's usually not her you have to worry about. It's me hitting myself. Now, Kevin, you need to stop doing that. Then you can unpause Quit hitting it. yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll go with one that we haven't covered, which I'm surprised, is timed missions. Take that off my oh, list. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> there we go. That wasn't even See, on my list. That's, huh. I don't know. I It could just be me, like with the wave-based thing. I hate that, but I know people love that. I don't like timed missions, mm-hmm. uh, especially when they're... Most of the games I play, they're side things, so I just end up not doing them. Like Far Cry 5 is the one I can think of recently where they had the, the stunt missions that you could do, and hmm. I just hate those missions where you're, 
your time. You have to do this in a certain time. Or yeah. like with flying, you have to fly through the uh-huh. rings and stuff in a certain time. And like I said, Horizon Zero yeah. Dawn, the one st- the one set of missions I did not do were the Hunter Lodge missions. Ex- yeah, any of those kind of things. <clears throat> I hate time trials. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I hate I, talking clearly too. I mean, I I might be in the minority, but I actually find those kind of fun. I don't know if you're actually in the minority yeah. or not. They I don't put them know. in games because people like them. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. Uh, might be I enjoy side. the challenge of it, and exactly. I feel like I'm learning the game better by doing those. See, I, I like to play a game at my own pace, and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what type of game it is. Any game I'm playing, I want to play it at my own pace, and I feel like I'm being judged is what it is, and I don't <laughs> want to feel it, yeah. like I'm being judged <laughs> yeah. the way I play a game. You're not playing this game as good as we think you should be playing right. it. Yeah. It's like uh, we, we just heard about... Uh, the developers of Vampire making mm-hmm. their their easy mode easier and their harder their hard mode harder, yeah. just given a wider ra- yeah, giving a wider range of of options. It's, mm-hmm. it's the lack of uh, judgment, and that's what I love about games. But when timed missions, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm constantly being judged. Yeah. It's like, oh my, I, I missed it by <laughs> one second. Oh, oh I am the absolute worst <laughs> scumbag in the world. I shouldn't be. Playing this game, <laughs> give me a refund. I mean, yeah. I agree with you. It's frustrating when you miss it by a, like a second or two, right. yeah. especially but, if it's in a main story uh-huh. quest, like GTA. Uh huh. Big offender. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, another type of mission I hate in gaming is the no damage missions. Usually with challenge modes, like you were bringing out with time missions. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, that's when I stopped the the God the of War. God of War trials. Yeah. yeah. Basically, any challenge involving no damage, don't get hit. Mm-hmm. I hate those. Yeah. That's BS. I know they're there for the perfectionists and for the people yeah. that, that want to 100% a game and that strive to know every single aspect of the game and beat it to the absolute most possible. But, oh, it's so annoying. And there's another version of that, too. Like, for open world games, again, uh, Grand Theft Auto had missions where if you're driving a car, you can't damage it. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, I remember in GTA Five, it was the repo one, I think, like the side missions for those. Yeah. Where you had to get cars from, take them back to the dealership, whatever. God, I was yeah. just trying to get back as fast as I can. Any and, of course, of my car like gets that, yeah. wrecked. <laughs> and I get no good rewards from it. And I'm like, God, I hate missions like that. Or, or missions where you have to, like, carry somebody. Oh, and so you're God. walking purposely slower, and oh. Gears of War had moments like that. Yeah. Where, yeah. Assassin's Creed. That's man. an escort mission oh. and a slowdown. <laughs> yeah. Character walking slower. It's just why. <laughs> Baby it's not mission. fun. Uh-uh. Damn. If you're super invested in the story, if you're a super story-driven game, it can mm-hmm. be impactful. But it's usually not. No. Yeah. It's usually just a slog that you have to get through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, forced motion controls are one of the worst things about <laughs> games at all. Yeah, Nintendo's definitely the biggest offender there. Uh, Super Mario, Legend of Zelda. I started playing some of those Shrine Trials that you were talking about where you have to <laughs> oh, like, that was fun. twist the controller <laughs> in ways that you didn't think you could even move your hands. Yeah, it sucks. Huh? It's like, why can't I just use the thumbsticks? Just really? let me use the thumbsticks. Really? Yeah. It's like, I realize you can still walk and move the camera with the thumbsticks while you're doing that. Yeah. No, you can't. Oh, Because you're at a console. You have yeah, to you're at a console, console and so you're you stuck. Yeah. So why not just let you, if you can't move with the thumbsticks anyway, just... It's not even an option. <laughs> nope. You have to, even if you turn the motion controls off, you still have to do the motion controls for that. Mm-hmm. With the pro controller, whether you're in docked mode or handheld mode, I can't imagine yep. doing that in handheld mode because then you'd have I to know, like, right? twist your face around with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's some really 
weird finessing and it never makes sense. The more you think you're understanding it, the, the less you actually are. <laughs> At least that was my experience with it. I did two of those and I'm like, yeah, I think I'm done with these. Mm-hmm. I don't need 100% the shrines. Indeed. <laughs> Another thing with, I think Kyle might be on me with this. I don't know so much about you, Kevin, but because I know you're a perfectionist. You like 100%ing things. One thing that bugs me is uh, when there's like achievements or trophies for the multiplayer. Exactly. Right? I because hate that. I'll have to get rid of that one too. <laughs> you too, really? Uh-huh. Yeah, it just drives me off the wall. Like, mm-hmm. nuts. Because I, it's a good feeling when I get you know a thousand gamer score points yeah, or whatever, right. or all the achievements in a game. But uh-huh. when there's so many, and I think. The Halo games were big on this, where the majority of them were for multiplayer. Oh, so I could beat the game, and I'd only have like 200 yeah. score. Call and I'm of like, Duty oh, went that yeah. way too after a while. That. Yeah, um, and it's even Rocket that? League. Even Rocket League. I mean, that game is of course meant to be played online, mm-hmm. but you don't have to play it online. But to 100 percent, you do. Yeah, it's, Last it's, of Us, Tomb Raider reboot, Gears of War, Halo series. You wrote a list. Jeez. Yeah, I did. I, <laughs> the Last of much... Us had that really. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> stupid. Yeah. Jeez. I don't get it. It's like if you have multiplayer achievements, why not just put them have it as a separate application uh, where you get mm-hmm. achievements from? Like not even achievements, like just put them as like a progress <laughs> bar in the multiplayer component of the game. And you can uh, unlock things via those rather than yeah. having to pay for microtransactions. Loot boxes. Yeah. Yes. We should yeah. make our own game. Another <laughs> single player trope that I hate is and God of War is one of the biggest defenders of this is when you start off the game and you're super powered and then, oh no, I lost all of my powers mm, and now yeah. I have to get them all back. That just mm-hmm. happened in World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> that sucked. That is one of the <laughs> the biggest, like, story. They always try to make it work mm-hmm. within the confines of the story. It's like, okay, you beat God of War and you're all super powered, so God of War 2, you have to have something happen to get all these things taken away. Why yeah. not just start off with that but make the enemies... Like mm-hmm. as difficult as they were at the end of the previous game, and work up to something more. I, it's just yeah. it seems super lazy to me. Makes no sense. I hate that getting that taste of all that yeah. power and stuff. So I think if I remember correctly, it's been a long time, but I think the first Darksiders was like that, where you started yes. out the first mission or whatever, and you oh, had yeah. all your powers. You are correct, yeah. and then you lost them, and you had to rebuild them. And yeah, it yeah. gives you like a hint of things to come. Mm-hmm. There's another sequel coming out, and I forget what it is now but that's what made me think of this is because they said that that's how it's going to be in the game because mm. you started off the end of the first one super powered and well, at least they're up front about it powers taken away i don't remember what game it was mm. but it was a game i was interested in i think god i have a terrible memory <laughs> you're getting old yeah <laughs> well i know for me uh one of the things i like to do is turn it up to a harder difficulty and, you know, if it's a good challenge, it's great fun. But when the enemies become bullet sponges, <laughs> that's stupid. Yeah, when it's just a matter of, it's like a battle of attrition. You just have to outlast really? the enemy yeah. rather than implement the strategies that you've learned. I mean, like playing God of War, I turn it up to hard and thinking, oh, okay, it's It'll hard. be a fun challenge. Yeah, and then I play it for like an hour and it's still like mind-numbingly crazy how many times you have to hit the same drogger over and over. <laughs> I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gears and, of War is like all those games are like that where the enemies are... There's no strategy. They're all just bullet oh, sponges. Man. 
I mean, particular enemy types, I was also thinking of this. Uh, Force Unleashed. I'm, I'm pretty sure you know which enemies I'm talking about. But in the first game, uh, they're like those giant uh, troopers that had shields, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they would just take forever to kill. <laughs> okay. Any shielded enemy uh-huh. in any game <laughs> just pisses me off. Uh-huh. Like in Mass Effect 3, you got the troops with the giant shield in front of them. You had to shoot their feet just yeah. to kill them. Destiny I mean, 2 has God, a lot of that, too. Yeah. I think it was Destiny 2. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Gears, Gears of War is a big offender for all yeah. these because they had that too. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. You got to find that little sliver of yeah. either their foot or the top of their head. And get or the little window it. they're looking through yeah. in the shield. Right. I mean, uh, I mean, God, it's infuriating. Call of Duty had that too. Yeah. Yeah. The Juggernaut, uh-huh. I think. Yeah. Yep. The Modern Warfare 2. I think so, yeah. yeah. Any heavily armored enemy that you just have to exploit <laughs> yeah. by doing stupid shit like that, it just yeah. drives me up, up the wall. Yeah. If it was a matter of strategy, like sometimes it's implemented well enough to where you have a tool that's used to like entangle them or snare mm-hmm. them, and you can get behind them and hit them. Mm-hmm. But if it's in a shooter and that's all you have are guns, yeah. <sighs> Hopefully, land a grenade behind them. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, you gotta hope for the best with that. I mean, uh, I was trying to come up with some other ideas. I'm getting near the end of my list now that I wrote down. <laughs> um, but basically, another pet peeve of mine. Is uh, like needlessly repetitive hacking mini games. <laughs> that was, yeah. uh, Bioshock One is a big offender of this mm-hmm. with the sliding tile puzzles, yeah. with the pipes. Bioshock, Mass Effect, yeah, Mass Effect. Lock picking mini games that are mm-hmm. just terrible. Any Bethesda game, yeah. basically. Skyrim, I hate it. <laughs> lock picking. I mean, they're just so tedious, and after you do it the first hundred times, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. we get it, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it just takes up a huge amount of time. Yeah, they're trying to add Some something more that you don't game. need. I'd rather just hit one button to unlock it or you're hack hacking, this. You hit one button and boom. Your hacking skill is not level three. You can't do it. Oh. Or you have a hacking skill of level four. You can open this now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then one button press opens. Yeah. That, yeah. And that ties into what also annoys me in games is needlessly looting everything in games that have things to loot just for the sake of having things to loot like fallout and assassin's creed origins <laughs> oh like you know I, that was supposed my, to be to get money well still i mean having to use eagle vision to even detect the loot yeah i would constantly be running through a town holding the d-pad like up, up uh-huh and as i'm running to my destination i'm just constantly scanning for loot yep and then i would just Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. And it's like, why am I doing this? It gets to the point where you don't even need money in the game. Yeah, but yeah. I still do it because I'm an OC. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, Bioshock Infinite was also a good example of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many things you can loot in that game for health or, uh, you know, mana mm-hmm. or whatever it's called in the game. Uh, but it just got so repetitive looting, like, everywhere, checking the, for loot. Breath of the Wild is like a lot like that, it too. It is. And the inventory management system in that game is horrible. It really is. But that brings me to weapon durability, and not just how terribly it was implemented in that game, but going all for me all the way back to Diablo 2 and other ARPGs, mm-hmm. um, I didn't mind it as much then because it's it's supposed to be a money sink. It's supposed to make sure you kill other enemies to get the gold to be able to uh, repair your weapons before mm-hmm. they break or your SOL. But in some games like Breath of the Wild, it's just so horrible horribly 
done to where you got to constantly keep changing things instead of yeah. finding something that works for you and that's something that's fun and sticking with it. Like, at least in Assassin's Creed, if you wanted a sword, you could play with the sword. If you wanted a pole arm, you could use a pole arm. In Zelda, if you use a pole arm six times, oh, crap, it's broken. you got to go onto your axe or your yeah. pitchfork or mm-hmm. whatever the hell else you have. I mean, when I talked about Zelda in my top five games, I mean, there's a lot of things about Zelda that drove me nuts. Yeah. And that's one of them. Yeah. The other thing is the cooking system, where you have to individually gather ingredients. Yeah, I like wish... selecting them. I wish after the first time you made something, it would pop up in a recipes list. That too. And you could just yeah. pick recipes, cook this. Mm-hmm. That, after the first time you discover the recipe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was really looking forward to this particular topic because of Breath of the Wild. And the <laughs> Zelda series in particular. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I kind of mentioned it two weeks ago with uh, Skyward Sword. How it would baby you constantly. Yeah. Like hand-holding in games. The, the, That's a big one. The horrible that tutorials. I, that just drives me nuts. Tutorables. <laughs> the tutorables. Tutorables. I mean, uh... <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> uh, Speaking of hashtags, forced online connectivity. When you have to be connected to the internet to be able to play a game. Yeah. yeah that works. is the worst. And there are companies now that are learning... That hey, people don't like this so much, and EA's the worst. Oh yeah, I've... there's SimCity, Sim the City. last SimCity yep. that came out. Yep. I mean, there's no way to play that game with other people. You're mm. playing a single player game, and yet you had to play it online. And it was probably their anti-pirating stuff that tried to ensure. And people, people still pirated that game anyway. And it was the pirates that got to play offline. <laughs> <laughs> You're just hurting the people that are actually playing or paying for the actual. Mm-hmm. Game. Exactly. Open your damn eyes. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure you guys remember online passes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. EA was also a big offender. They were the, they were the, the pioneer of that. I mean, the fact that for console gaming, you have to p- even pay a yearly fee to play online, where PC gamers don't have to do that. This could be a whole other topic of it really can't of be. pre-order yeah. bonuses and microtransactions yeah. and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't yeah. want to get into that today. Okay, then I'll skip all that stuff. I, that will get me way too fired up. And I'm, <laughs> I, I would legitimately get angry rather than this the silly angry that I'm getting now talking about this petty stuff. <laughs> but uh, speaking of like force things on you, uh, I think one of the things a game developer can do is uh, forced co-op. In a single-player campaign? What do you mean? So, like, for example, uh, like with Survival Horror, Resident Evil 4 was single-player, but in Resident Evil 5, you had an AI partner. Oh. And you had to go through the whole game with that AI partner. Well, that's kind of a, an escort mission at that well, point. Well, technically... It's an escort game. <laughs> but still, I mean, to get, like, Not the to full... be confused with my weekend yeah. activities, says to me. Never mind. <laughs> I mean, Dead Space 3 is also, like, a really bad example of this. Like, uh, there was nothing wrong with it being a single-player game. Mm-hmm. But, of course, EA in an appeal to get more yeah. demographic, yeah. more of an audience. They forced this co-op campaign. Mm-hmm. And what sucked about that game in particular was that in certain segments of the game, you would branch off. And you can only experience that content as that co-op character. Gotcha. So if you're playing single player, you never get to see that. Hmm. And some cool <laughs> happens. Like, I give them props for that. Like, as the side character, you see some cool stuff happen in Dead Space 3. But if you don't have someone to play it with, you never see that. 
And this isn't to say that there are games that are meant for forced co-op, like A Way Out or mm -hmm. uh, Army of Two. I was going to say, that's yeah, another one. Army of Two is not in the negative on this. That game was built for two people. You're supposed yeah. It's in the name of the game. Mm -hmm. It's in the game. But <laughs> it, there are single-player games that do that, and it does piss me off, too. I, yep. I get your point. Yep. Mm -hmm. There's a trope in a lot of single-player games where the, the bad guy will kill your dog, and that's supposed to get you emotionally vested. But if in the game the dog's not really utilized or part of the story or you don't see the backstory of the dog, why does it matter? And it's not always a dog. It could be a brother or uh, another – a lover or something like that. Just like Fable 2. Yeah, I was going to say that's the first thing I think of. Yeah. It's it's such lazy writing. That's less of a, I guess, less of a video game pet peeve, more of a media pet peeve, <laughs> movie, TV show, book pet peeve. Well, then uh, you're in a world of pain when you watch John Wick, then. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> but, uh... God, I was talking about not being able to access the PC options menu before starting a game. What about the lack of options in PC gaming? Oh, man. When yeah. a game comes out, you can't change either the controls, which is heresy on a PC. You have to be able to change your controls. Uh, I hate it when a game assumes that I'm using my controller that's plugged in rather than asking me. It's a, it's a weird little pet peeve of mine. A lot of sense. games, they'll ask you. They'll say press A to use, like right at the beginning, press A to use the controller or space bar to use mouse and keyboard or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> when it just assumes and it locks out the keyboard, so I have to find wherever the controller is and hit the start button and then go to the options menu and deactivate the controller and the controller vibration is another thing. I don't, I hate controller vibration in video games. But really? Oh. I, I, it's useless to me. I don't understand why. I kind of see it as immersive. I mean, uh, I know for me personally, like what takes me out of the game would be uh, like a save system where you actually go out to the UI of the console to do the save. Like a good example of this would be uh, PlayStation 3. Every time you would save a game, it would oh, yeah. bring up the overlay oh, for yeah. PS3. Yeah, I remember that. And it would be like, you know, the whole Sony thing. Mm -hmm. and it would put like a little picture like you yeah. were saved. Like uh, I remember yeah, playing... Was weird. It was weird. Like... Uh, in it was every PlayStation 3 game, too. Every single one. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's why I it was just how the console, the console. Yeah. saved, yeah. Uh, Dead Space on Xbox, like, it was immersive. Like, the whole uh, saving system was within the game. Mm -hmm. But in the PS3 version, it goes jumps out of the, the game itself, and it was so jarring. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that was just crazy. I had forgotten about that. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to explain how uh, controller vibration is immersive. I don't get it. Okay, so basically, uh, one of the first games I really experienced with Rumble was Star Fox 64. Same here, yes. Did you like that? I did at the time because it was new. It was new. Like, I, I had just gotten the Rumble Pack. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I ever owned that game, but I did own a Rumble Pack and I rented that game. Yeah. But I mean, Rumble is an immersive uh, tool because when you're in a action scene, there are certain points where... Like, I can only think of one off the top of my head right now. Uh, but Gears of War, I think, if I recall correctly, the Lancer, when you do the mm -hmm. battle, it shakes. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you have to constantly mash the button. Like, that's great the first few times, but I can see your point yeah. where that would get tiresome after a like, while. Like, if I'm in a sword fight in real life, my hands aren't going to start vibrating whenever I'm getting hit in the face with something. 
Oh no, but I mean, <laughs> like just for Gears of War, like the Lancer, like I can yeah, see it's that, or shake. like the Doom Chainsaw, yeah, yeah, stuff like that, or stuff driving like that. a car. I could, yeah, but I, it's it's just a, a needless thing for me to automatically have on at full. I, I do love it when games put in like an option for level of vibration, like to let you turn it down or turn it off completely. See, I like it developer. with. I didn't realize how much. I was used to it in shooters until the other day when my controller stopped working for like a few minutes. <laughs> like uh, we take it for granted now. Yeah, but it's it's one of those things where it's I don't really notice it, but when it's not there, then I notice. Like in Gears of War, when you're shooting, you know you have that subtle vibration in every right. bullet, yeah. and then for some reason my controller stopped vibrating for like five minutes until I took the battery out and put it back in, and I immediately noticed, and it just felt weird, and it felt like. I wasn't shooting, <laughs> or it was mostly like the, like the feedback in the trigger. Gotcha. Yeah, you, know, you get that yeah. little tactile I, feeling every time you shoot, and when that wasn't there, it's like I felt like I wasn't doing anything. I fully realize that I'm in the minority here with the rumble, but it it was something that was really cool in the '64 days when it was first introduced. But after that, to me, it's just I don't. It, it should be an option, not always on. I mean, there's the some cool things that happen with it. Like there'll be a gameplay mechanic. Where if you're like trying to detect something, you, yeah. the rumble pack will actually like shake or something. Yeah, if you're close to a secret, the rumble. Yeah. In certain games, yeah. I mean that that I always found that really immersive. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, backtracking in video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's instances where it's right and instances where it's wrong. Uh, a huge example of this is the ending of Dishonored Two. That's just backtracking done wrong. Because you spend the whole first level, like, learning the layout and getting used to the mechanics. And then you go back to that area and you steamroll it. I mean, I kind of get what they're doing, but it's stupid. Like, it's just it to make you feel like you're more powerful than yeah. you were when you started the game? Yeah. Gotcha. I know we already covered that, but there's good instances of backtracking. I think uh, really good examples of this are, like, games like Bioshock or Prey or, uh, you know, any kind of hub-based game. Where you see changes to the environment, yeah, like God of War. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Like backtracking is great in that regard, but when it's just going back for the sake of repeating what you've already done, that's awful yeah. pet peeve. So I'm not a fan of it when you're in like an area. Like I think the first, uh, the Tomb Raider reboot was like this, where yeah. there's certain areas in a level where she can't get to because she doesn't have that piece of equipment yet or that skill yet. So you move on. And then you get that thing later, and you have to go yeah. back to get whatever was up there, a treasure, which is whatever. really satisfying. I think. see. I, I can't say that because then it's like, ah, then it's like, okay, I know I got to come back here, and it's <laughs> when it's forced like, like that. I, yeah. I kind of agree with Robert on this. I don't like it as much. I mean, you get that progression like in a Metroidvania game. Yeah, like you get a certain ability, and you get to explore a new right. area or secret, and that's really. Awesome. Like, it's really satisfying. God of War, when you can see it, but you just can't open it because you don't have the right magic ability. That's when it pisses me off. Because mm. you have to go back specifically to open that one chest, and that's it. Yeah. That that irritates me. But, yeah, in Metroidvania games, it's pretty it's nice because it can open up a new area or even a whole new secret level mm. in some instances. I do like that. Mm-hmm. I get both of your mm. points. You guys are very smart intellectual people <laughs> who make very good points. You're very smart for understanding I don't remember what you just said because I'm old. <laughs> well, let us know what you guys hate <laughs> in video <laughs> games. What are your pet peeves? Are, are ours a little too petty? 
You know, I, I kind of <laughs> think a couple of mine were, but that's all right. Let us know what you think. Hit us up on Twitter, at PushingButtonsP. Check out our website for all of our links, PushingButtonsPodcast.com. Uh, feel free to like or dislike. If you hated the video, you can dislike it too, but whatever. <laughs> subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to us on, on CastBox, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we will see you next time. Adios. Good night. Good night.